0: you need money and and like having more money allows you to do more of the quote unquote successful thing right yeah now there is there is a there's a shortcut you can take what's that which Mm. is
1: embezzling which is embezzling up scotch Hey everybody, welcome to episode 119 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer.
0: I'm Sam and I wiggle nodes around sometimes.
1: And today we have a turbo special guest, Monique, our studio wrangler, is here on the podcast.
2: Woo! Well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, she's very theused. She also has a cold.
2: So, please don't judge my voice. <laughs>
1: so, normally, her voice is about 16 octaves deeper than and this. And so much smoother. Yeah, very smooth.
2: Instead, it's cold, cold butter. Cold.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so, let's get on to some news. Oh, yeah, sorry. Before we get started, we do have a warning. Uh, anything's going to happen on this show, there's going to be profanity and stuff. Also, today is October 9th, 2017. <laughs> I got just... real I got real derailed from this, this switching of the roster here. <laughs> uh, anyways. So if you're a child, don't listen to this, Joe. Let's get on to the news. Uh, first thing, we do have a question in the news, mm. which everything's everything, everything's, flying everything's off rails. just scrambled today. The question is from Angry Muffin. Terrible disaster. Andy and Cher have both been on the podcast a couple times, but we have not heard the smooth, buttery voices of Tifa and Monique. This needs to be fixed. All right. So we did that. We did that. Done. Um, all right, Sam, you got a story from last night. <laughs>
0: Okay yeah so it Let's it was hear it. it was, uh, was Diane and I's one year anniversary this weekend. Ooh, la, la. So we basically just ate a ton of food. I think that was what that's how you celebrate is by gaining weight.
1: That's how you celebrate every event, mm-hmm. right?
0: Love is measured in mass, so we accumulated more this weekend. And you but can always
1: tell how important an event is by how sort of calorie rich that's the food is how it tends right? to
0: be. So we went back and we visited the, f- the couple of places that uh, that got food for our wedding and all that stuff. A lot of fun. And then last night, this is the actual anniversary day, was yesterday. Last night. Happy anniversary, babe. Thank you. Um, Right before bed, Diana's brushing her teeth, and I just walk up behind her, and I was just rubbing her back, and then she puts her toothbrush down and washes her face, and then suddenly just snaps at the waist and just, like, like hits me in the crotch super hard (laughs) with her backside. And I was like, what just happened? And she sneezed. It's so she oh. so, so she sneezed in her back. Is like, this just some like, kinda
1: some kind of new like marriage power move? Yeah, I was like, What like, is this? Just,
0: so she sneezed <laughs> and just, like, just punched me in the crotch and it was completely brutal and out of nowhere in an act of love. So happy anniversary. Yeah, that's what it was. That's where my life is these days. Now, did you did you recover? Or are you It literally took like three to five minutes to recover. It was not a soft strike <laughs> in a vulnerable zone. Just not not enjoyable. Then at you all. just went to bed. I went to bed. Yeah. So you just sleep it off
2: with an ice pack.
0: No, <laughs> with a dog pack. That's just a dog. right? Yeah. <laughs> a, dog. <laughs> a dog the size of an ice pack. Uh-huh. Um, also,
1: we uh, announced last week that we got the merch store up and mm-hmm. running. Ooh, Guess who felt that is?
2: No, thanks. Well, that was that was <laughs> a mo- that was a Monique
1: yeah. original. Mm-hmm. Was the merch store? Uh, so let's talk about that. How did it go? Yeah. What was the? Were there any surprises? Tell us, tell, tell us, about, t- spin us a yarn about running a merch store you on know, the internet. You know, it
2: went well until those mug orders started coming in, which, thank you, by the way, I'm glad you all love the mugs so much. Mm-hmm. They're super heavy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it turns knew? out they weigh 63 pounds apiece. <laughs> <laughs> the densest mugs on yeah. the planet. And
2: that's just the box they come in. Yeah. <laughs> the mugs themselves are like an extra hundred pounds, <laughs> yeah. easily. So then wait, the what, packaging peanuts.
0: So what happened exactly with this mug? So why does this matter, matter? who cares?
2: Who cares? cares? Well, Well, because we're not Amazon, which means I can't just give you all free shipping for Mm -hmm. two days. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you are all paying a premium price for premium products to get to your front doorstep. Mm. Yes. So it's a little expensive is what we noticed to ship mugs to Mm -hmm. all of our lovely buddy, Buddy Scotches, but uh, I'm glad you like them and I'm getting them out as fast as I can. So wait, what
0: What exactly is like them? What's the margin <laughs> at which things become expensive for shipping? So
2: over 15.99 ounces. <laughs> so is, one pound.
0: Okay. Well, We're at one pound. At Greater one
2: than or
1: equal to one pound. If
2: it's 15.98, I can ship it for cheap. But as soon as it gets to <laughs> one pound, it goes into zone shipping, which the U.S. has divided into nine zones. If you're in zone nine, you're in the most expensive zone for shipping.
1: Where Where's...
2: You know, I don't actually know where Zone 9 okay. is.
1: <laughs> this, is like, this is like a District 9 situation yeah. where it's <laughs> full of aliens. It's really hard to get in the sky. Right. I do hard. know
2: that Zone 7 is somewhere in Washington. Um, that's the third highest shipping zone. Mm-hmm. So as things get Washington heavier. Washington State. Washington State. Yes, okay. not Washington, D.C. The gotcha. East Coast is actually a cheaper zone. Wait, does this?
0: But how is this? Is this relative to where we're located? We're in the middle of the goddamn country. We're in the middle. It is also relative to where you're located,
2: where it's going, and how much it weighs. So So again, if we
1: were, if so, if we were operating out of say San Francisco, this (laughs) would have been just a disaster. Yeah, shipping these things would have been crazy. Mm -hmm.
2: Crazy. Probably could just drive them to some people.
1: Yeah. And what we discovered with the mugs too is that so the mugs weigh about twelve ounces. Twelve point seven ounces. Twelve point seven ounces, and then the box that the mug (laughs) ships in. It's like just enough to get it a- above 16 ounces. Well,
2: because we have to, you know, make sure it's safe. Got to pack it. Got to pack it. I mean, or I could ship broken mugs. I mean, that's fine, too. Hey, we know, could
1: probably just, if somebody orders a mug, we could probably just take the mug, go outside, sort of orient ourselves <laughs> in the general direction of the, of the recipient
0: and just hurl it as fast <laughs> as we can. We try
2: yeah. I mean, that's what we'll the post office your, is going well, to you know, do. I've <laughs>
0: had food before where they're like, "This is a deconstructed <laughs> apple pie." I wonder if we could sell deconstructed mugs. So you just shatter it in the box and then just ship it. We'll no, no, we'll just rusty. we'll just call
1: yeah. it a we'll just call it a mug <laughs> kit. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll just throw a little, a t- little tube of crazy glue in.
0: <laughs> a little craggle. We'll a little just crack we'll out take that. We'll take
1: yeah. the mug. We'll put it into a plastic bag. Throw a little tube of crazy glue in there. Tie it up. Just throw it in the mailbox. Yeah,
2: <laughs> punt it.
1: <But> yeah. <laughs> However it arrives, gotta put it back together. Yeah. Uh, we could make a nice the,
2: mosaic table.
1: Mm-hmm. But here's the crazy thing that uh, I'm, I'm no, I'm no shipping guru. I'm no shipmaster, mm-hmm. shipster. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It turns out that once you're over a pound, just all bets are off in terms of cost structure. Mm. So mm-hmm. if you're under a pound, you know, every little bit of extra weight is like, oh yeah, it's just a very small increase, right? Of change, like actual like 20 cents, 30 yeah. cents. Then you get to a pound and like, fuck you, $10, boom. <laughs> that's and exactly
2: then, what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: then it goes back to normal where it's like every additional ounce, like, oh yeah, that's like that's like three cents. So, so what's happening? as soon as it gets to that pound threshold, hmm. you just there's just a big spike. So we have these big bundles and stuff with mm-hmm. there's like two mugs in them. And it costs barely more to ship that than it does to ship a single mug mm-hmm. by itself.
2: Which means you should buy a mug, a couple shirts, maybe just buy like four or five mugs, just get your money's worth of shipping. Mm-hmm. Because it's gonna cost you you're, ten dollars regardless. Yeah, just right. get more stuff. You're gonna Save wanna
1: You're gonna wanna get that ratio down right. of, <laughs> of goods to shipping costs. Mm-hmm. So that's been that's been pretty interesting. We got a pretty good number of orders. We, we're trying to keep it keep it uh, keep it quiet. quiet. Mm-hmm. So keep it low. Um, we Very got key. enough that we were able to sort of set up a little merch packing area down Thanks, in our Seth. storage room. Mm-hmm. So uh, so things are
0: things are coming along. Well, I think there's another thing here which is, you know, we've talked about the importance of framing when it comes to selling your products, and also we found out when it comes to picking what type of shipping to choose. So. We had this problem because we're just trying to. It looked like for it looked like no matter what we did, that it was just going to be super expensive, even for stuff under a pound, like twenty bucks or something. Like Twenty bucks, and we're like, "What? This is impossible! How is this a thing?" (laughs) And it's because what's the language they use, Mo, when they talk about it?
2: Oh, so for the cheap shipping, it's actually called first class mail. Okay, first
0: class. That's the cheap one.
2: That's the cheap mail. And
0: what's the next one?
2: (laughs) Priority mail, which is the expensive mail, but it's flat rate, meaning you can shove everything into this box and it can weigh. 30 pounds and it'll be it's like, in the box. Right. But it's like 1295 mm-hmm. or something like that. Or 1350.
0: So 50, naturally depending. as people who aren't shipsters, we're looking at yeah. this and we're like, I mean, first class, you think <laughs> You think that's the primo? Yeah, that's the primo. Like, we ship. can't do first class because we're, we're not quite first class. We're just, <laughs> yeah, we're
2: just we're just mere merchants. <laughs>
0: we're mere merchants here, and uh, this is the problem with using that damn Orwellian language. This is this <laughs> is a this is a tall venti grande situation. Uh,
2: yes, right. Like right. if uh. you're
1: gonna if you're gonna put things on a spectrum, then use the same unit
0: for each point on the spectrum. Yeah, be right? like first class, low class coach class <laughs> steerage, you know, cargo coaches, hold, cargo hold. Yeah. It'll get there in six months. It'll probably be broken at that point. If That's it, what, if
1: it gets there, but you know, you're well, going to save a lot of
2: money on
0: Well, it's a funny thing. So, so Mo actually did put together a few packages to, uh, to do some test shipping on and we sent one to your dad. Yes. In Florida. <laughs> what happened?
2: Well, <laughs> I sent it to my father. And of course the very first package we send goes to the wrong house thankfully my dad talks to everybody he knows in his neighborhood so <laughs> the neighbor just drops it off so it gets to the wrong house mm-hmm. the very first package so thank you, you that guys wasn't guys. All that
1: <laughs> wasn't on us we put the right address on there. it is
2: my father's address I hope I know where he lives
0: yep. it, just, <laughs> it just went somewhere else it went to the so this wrong is why we're being house. very quiet about the fact that the <laughs> shop exists people are like hey this isn't linked to on your site yet we're like we know it's on purpose yeah, yeah not worried about it we're <laughs> hiding
2: it yeah so. we're intentionally hiding it so I don't spend days mm-hmm. in the in the merch shipping area. Covered in packages. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But I think it seems to be going pretty smoothly, uh, all things considered. And so despite it, so- sometimes the packages just go to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just consider it a gift if you order something from a merch <laughs> store and it goes to your neighbor's house. It's just uh, it's just you being a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe we'll get that link up I on the like if, side. I, if
0: I opened up a box that had a shirt that said Butterscotch Shenanigans on it and didn't know anything, if it just appeared on my doorstep, I'd be like, what? <laughs> what is this? Is this a prank? <laughs> Who did this to me? What what is this? Spot? I don't what's, understand. What's with this awesome mug? <laughs> Keeping this mug. It this cost a fortune to ship here. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> so we have a,
1: we've recently opened up an email address, which is podcast at bscotch.net, um, where we invite people to send us just stuff, just whatever you want. Thoughts. Whatever you want to say, send us your thoughts. Um, and we, got a, we got a really cool message from uh, Senolier who last week we were talking about success Mm -hmm. and how, how people often become paralyzed by moving forward on learning a new skill or developing a new project or something, because they focus so much on having good outcomes that the idea of not succeeding, uh, makes it so that it's much more preferable to just do nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so we kind of talked about the idea that For most people just getting started at a thing, success is kind of this arbitrarily defined thing. And all that really matters is that you just keep moving forward. Um, So Sinalier sent us a message basically saying, um, he said, uh, here's a little, here's a little excerpt. He said, those of us who spend our free time making games, but who must continue to work uh, full time to support a family. If I could start making money for my game dev, I'd have a lot more time to spend on making games. And would therefore be able to learn more and progress more at the same time. So, for me, this isn't about uh, an arbitrary value judgment. It's about the actual ability to spend as much time as possible on doing what I love uh, instead of something else. Mm-hmm. So,
0: very good point, which is the point to talk about, <laughs> which is there is at some point your success does give you the ability essentially to have more success in a particular domain. Yes. So, we've talked about how a lot of independent studios, the whole goal is actually just to make enough money that you can make another game. And that's that's your starting that's, as far as that's your starting requirement right. that you need. And we refer to this as sandwich money in house, mm-hmm. which Monique also keeps track of our sandwich money. Um, and the whole goal is just to say that okay, you know every every day, like that was our first goal that we had with with our games was if we can buy ourselves a sandwich every day with the money from Towel Flight, then we're basically we're good now. Then we're good. I'm eating. <laughs> I'm eating a game sandwich. Yeah, um,
2: you earned that sandwich. I
0: earned it. And then when we when we buy stuff uh, now in the studio. It is really weird to think about because whenever we go to shops, I always think if we we go to a sandwich shop, I'm like, this whole building is made of sandwiches. So far as I'm concerned, like it was, it was created like a (laughs) cookie shop. You're like, this thing exists by making cookies. Yeah. By virtue of selling these cookies. And so cookies built this building. Right. And so whenever we, we go to the store and buy some coffee for the studio or something, I'm like, I'm buying this coffee. With games, you're basically trading that person a copy of Crashlands, <laughs> <Yeah>, right, for <laughs> or a, or cup a of mug coffee. or a mug, right, <laughs> or which a is mug. weird. So, um, but I think this is a really good point, and something we didn't actually we didn't actually get to this particular angle of it. We were mainly talking about sort of the the mental approach to it. Yeah, but because- it is absolutely true that that you do need success in a monetary sense, uh, especially in order to to continue building forward on something, and not necessarily just kind of spinning your wheels. Yeah, but but it can be also the case that. Uh, and this is something we have talked about quite a bit, but you know, it took us. It was three years of not making any money, well, like just, a reasonable capacity, just sort of, of sandwich and, and some eggs money. We got yeah. some eggs money in there too, which was pretty nice. Yeah, These which low is why key I think,
2: sandwiches like peanut butter and jelly. Sandwiches. Yeah, real low key. Now we're talking like at least turkey on our sandwiches. Uh
0: uh-huh, Uh uh-huh. We got some deli meat on there. It's mm-hmm. nice. But yeah, so I think that's one of the big things is that uh, the reason we don't necessarily talk about the monetary reality of it is that I, I still think it's the case that if you're if you're overly focused on that. And this is not what he's talking about, of course. But if you're overly focused on the particular monetary outcomes, then you're by, by necessity, like it's just harder to hit that point of quote unquote monetary success uh, in a reasonable time frame because it just it actually just, just does take a well, long it, it take, time. It takes
1: yeah, it takes a lot of not doing that. That's correct. You you make a lot of games and they don't make money for a long time and you have to keep going, right? And so so if you're coming into it just saying like, yep, this is my this is my bar like the whole point of me making games is to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more likely that you're going to give up early because you're not going to hit that it threshold a time.
0: for a long time. Right. So, but it is absolutely the case. And I, I we did appreciate the uh, getting the note about it, sort of pointing out the, the sort of, you know, financial reality on the other side, which is just, you need money and, and like having more money allows you to do more of the quote unquote successful thing. Right. Yeah. Now there is, there is a, sh- there's a shortcut you can take. What's that? Mm. Which
1: is embezzling. Which is embezzling. Or <laughs> uh,
2: isn't it just be a billionaire?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, being a millionaire. That's a
1: shortcut yeah. to, to prison. Um, <laughs> so there is something you can do, which is try to find ways to learn on someone else's dime. Mm. Right? Yeah. So in other words, uh, fun, like trying to find contract work to do mm-hmm. for other independent game studios where you can like build a part of their game or whatever. Um or even finding a game job, even at a studio, you may not even be that interested in working in, but mm-hmm. where now you get to, now you get to spend all day playing with the tools and you're, you're definitely not going to make as much money. So there is kind of right. like a, you got to be, you got to figure out where your threshold is. Right. Um, but yeah, one, one thing that, that you can do is just try to find that, try to find those, right. those patrons basically.
0: And there's a, gonna- there's a really good talk by, uh, by Jesse Schell. That should be in the GDC vault, I think, or maybe even just on YouTube which is about uh, about the funding of a studio. And in his case, their studio is 100 people now. And like a, I think about a third of their studio works on original works, and a lot of them doing some VR stuff. And then a big chunk of the studio actually does client work. And he said in his talk, he's like, I don't get why people don't like the idea of client work. He's like, literally, someone pays you. They, they pay you money to play with and figure out like weird and interesting problems, which then, if you sort of build it into the budget effectively enough and run your studio effectively enough you can then pivot into whatever the hell you want to do. Right. So someone else is paying you to learn, which is a big piece of it. And you're, and you're, all your people are still in house and they're still
1: getting expertise in all these different tools and all these ways Mm -hmm. of making games. Um, And you hit those milestones and you're good. Right. So uh, yeah, those, those contract or or work for hire studios are actually a pretty good spot to sort of get started on these kinds Mm -hmm. of things. All right. So uh, before we get on to questions, there's one more thing I want to talk about, which is, satisficing. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: so, reading that before I walked in here. Yeah.
1: So mm. I started reading this book called the paradox of choice. It's an oldie. It's, it's an, oldie. an oldie and what it's hilariously <laughs> dated because, because it, I think, I think the impetus for, for this author to write this book was, this was like 2003. I think that he wrote it. And he was like, oh my God, like this technology <laughs> everywhere is just, there's so much stuff. There's out. so much abundance of choice. And he was talking about like, oh my God, there's 200 cable channels, you know, and, oh, and now like with VCRs, <laughs> you can record shit and watch it anytime you want. So you don't even have, you're not even constrained by the, by, by time temporal time reality. reality.
2: What is time?
0: It uh, doesn't matter
1: yeah. anymore. And so I was reading this and I was like, hey. <laughs> uh, But the so so the the slant that the author is kind of taking is just the idea that that we especially in the United States we have this idea of of freedom of choice being sort of like the thing that defines our culture. Freedom
0: is essentially equivalent to choice, right? You're like the more choices I have, the more free I am, right?
1: But there's a there's a dark side (laughs) of choice, which is that making decisions is expensive. Sucks. And the more things you have to choose between, the more time you have to think about all your different options. Um, so the the example that he uses early in the book is he doesn't buy jeans very often. And he used to just go into a store and just say, I need jeans. And then they'd be <laughs> like, here's jeans. And then he'd be like, thank you for jeans. <laughs> I'll be back in 10 years. Right. And so, <laughs> so... He hadn't been in uh, he hadn't been to, you know, the gap or whatever was hip Mm -hmm. in 2003 in a long time. And he goes in there and he's like, I need jeans. And they were like, do you want boot cut, relaxed cut, slim fit?
2: Uh, That's definitely 2003.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, They're like, they're like, we got 83 types of jeans now. And so he's like, well, I mean, I just want regular jeans. And they're like, there's literally no such thing as regular jeans anymore. (laughs) Now you got to pick your fit. So he spent the afternoon trying on different pairs of jeans to figure out which ones were the closest to regular jeans, what he was used to. (laughs) And so now he had all these decisions he had to make and evaluations he had to do Mm -hmm. where this used to be a five minute operation. And now it was an entire afternoon of trying on jeans. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and the same I've, I've seen, you know, we've kind of talked about this in the past of things like, uh, so I unsubscribed from Netflix quite a while back because I would go on there being like, I'm going to watch a movie. And then I'd be looking through the list you scroll, and I'd be like, oh my God, there's so many movies. And I don't want to, I don't <laughs> want do to start one because like, what if there's a better one out mm-hmm. there, you know? And I, then I would have missed it. So then I would just scroll through the list for like two hours and then I'd just go to bed.
2: Would you have missed it? You could have just watched it like next or tomorrow or the next day. Yeah.
1: But I need to watch a good movie now. Oh. I don't want to watch a bad movie now and a good movie later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and so this kind of comes down to the idea of satisfying. So uh, whenever people are confronted with, with choices, especially a large number of choices, there's basically two approaches that people tend to take. So one of them is called maximizing. Which is you come into this trying to find the best option, which is this Netflix behavior that I'm talking about.
0: Or the jeans thing where you're like, I'm not only going to find the best fitting pair. I'm going to get the best deal I, I on
1: want, that fitting I, yeah, pair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to find a good deal and I'm going to maybe check a couple different shops, mm-hmm. you know, and try to find like the best jeans. I think right? he
2: just went to the wrong store though because Levi's actually makes one pair that's been the exact same pair. That's, Forever. My yeah, dad this, actually wears them. I think nice.
1: his, his problem was was going to the gap. You went to the gap. Yeah. <laughs> um, they say fall into the gap because it's a black hole and you can't escape. <laughs> uh,
2: I'm so tired. <laughs> so many jeans. So they're like, just
1: one more pair. So, so this maximizing behavior, uh, people exhibit this. In, everybody has a tendency to do this, but in different contexts. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so one thing I know is like my wife does this about dinner. Right. So she comes home and it's like, what should we do for dinner? And then there's this sort of I can see there's this like internal struggle because she doesn't want to pick a thing because if she picks one type of food and then while it's on its way or something, <laughs> if she's like, wait a minute, now I'm craving this other thing, you know, now she's committed and she's trapped. Or maybe
0: you get it and it's like kind of cold. Yeah. You know, and you're like, Oh damn.
1: Yeah, land. Yeah, because it's not because oh, it's, yeah, it's not just like what kind of food, it's also should you go should you go get it? Should you have it sent over? Should you cook at home? You know, and then all these things have all these different costs and you want to have the best dining experience possible. <laughs> and once you pick one, the endless possibilities of what could have been are they gone now. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this kind of choice paralysis. Um, so that's, that's kind of what maximizing is. Uh, and then there's something on the flip side, which is called satisficing, which is literally the, the good enough principle. Right. But um, in psychology terms, right? in psychology, yeah, it's it's. I think it's like it's the combination of the words suffice and satisfactory. Mm-hmm. So satisfying is where you come in with a certain criteria, uh, whatever whatever your threshold like is.
0: Pants. That's what I need. I need to pants. cover my bottom half. I need
1: pants. <laughs> that's it. That's my that's my checkbox. Mm-hmm. So you go into a store, you gaze around, and the moment you see pants, yeah. you're like. Pants. Uh, that's my pants now. Good to go. You grab those pants. You probably just to be safe. We'll look at the size. Hopefully,
2: and maybe length depending. Maybe yeah, yeah, yep. On the
1: type um, of pants. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then you leave. You, or I guess you buy them. You pay for them. Please and buy you leave, the pants. Right? <laughs>
2: Do not steal um, the pants.
1: And so, so I've I've done this in the past where where like I needed a, an electric drill, and so I went to the hardware store. I walked in. I looked slightly to my left, and I saw a drill. I went over and I grabbed it. I saw that it said that it was electric and I bought it and I left. Right? <laughs> Done, I, didn't, right. I didn't like look up reviews. I didn't ask the the attendant. I wasn't like, is this the best drill? What kind of a, what kind of
0: torque does this have? It's the yeah. long term. what's the lifetime of this engine. Yeah. This? Is your
2: warranty with this drill. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And right. so,
1: uh, so, and I, I realized that I, I exhibit satisficing style behaviors in almost, almost everything mm-hmm. that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a, uh, so in the book, then he also talks about how maximizing actually has a tendency to produce depression and envy and regret mm-hmm. because- Have you ever been out to dinner with someone who has entree envy?
2: Oh, that happens yes. in our family a lot. Yeah. This
1: is this is maximizing behavior because the problem is if you if you want something that's good enough, you're going to get it because that's your standards. You're like, yeah. I need, I need food. This is food. This is food nailed it, right? <laughs> but if you want the best food, mm-hmm. then you can never know whether you got it.
2: Well, maybe. what you think, Ma? So moving from Baltimore to here, every time I go out to dinner, I'm like, oh, this could have been better. Mm. So knowing, so, so before I could just pick something on the menu and be like, this is great. I know it's going to be good. Now I'm like, okay, know it again. I'm just going to gamble here mm-hmm. and hope this is good. And it's usually like, medium most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when you know something can be good and then you just pick something so you can just get the food and then you're just upset. Well,
1: but it depends on your standards, right? So, cause you may not, so it might my be standards are too high. Well, and, this, <laughs> and, this, and this is something that he talks about in the book is the idea that, that being exposed to a lot of choices actually creates maximizing behaviors. I so, see. so I grew up in the Midwest where you eat a meat piece. You're like, <laughs> yep, you're like, it is lunchtime. Break out the meat piece, yep. and then you just take a big fucking cleaver, chop off a meat piece, whack a chunk off, you throw it onto a pan, and you're like, it's warm enough. Meat time. It's still red in the middle. That's perfect. Everybody eats. It's edible. Mm-hmm. And so I never understood where, when. So my wife comes from India, and everything's just like spices and like flavors, like <laughs> yes. everything is like there's like <laughs> gravies and curries, and you know, uh, everything has to have this just bombastic. Sort of in your face flavor to it. Mm. And she comes here and she comes to like to eat with my family or something when we get together. And everybody's Steak like, and all tomatoes. right, gather around the meat piece. And she's like, what?
2: I had a very similar experience. <laughs> oh, <So>, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Because my family's from Trinidad. Hailing mm-hmm. from India, and then mm-hmm. my other side of the family is from Louisiana, so it's pure flavor mm-hmm. all the time, deliciousness. I come to a Midwest Thanksgiving, and I'm like, "Where's the salt?" And people are like, <laughs> "Salt!" Just give me. I would just. <laughs> I would have taken just salt and right. been a little happier. Instead, I was like no. poking things with a fork. I'm like, "It looks pretty, but I can't see, eat." See, is it black? <laughs> see,
1: see the salt overpowers the meat flavor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't even put a sprinkle on there. Uh. So, Get away so, so from this is kind. Of, this is kind of the idea, and and it is the case now that because you've seen all these possibilities of how good food can be, you no longer can use mm. the good enough principle on food. Because if your standard is, is it food and is it in my mouth? Check those two boxes, <laughs> I am good to go. Right um, now, you you always have to be thinking what else. What could this have
2: been, Mm -hmm. you know? I could just start keeping hot sauce in my purse. That's the way to do it.
0: (laughs) Hot sauce in my bag.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was also thinking, maybe it's the case that, because I think in relationships, I think people tend to come at at different decisions from these two angles. Mm -hmm. And it often creates these hilarious, these hilarious kinds of dichotomies. So, Sam, you're talking about washing dishes?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm talking about washing dishes a lot of the podcast, I feel like, but here's another one. So (laughs) as far as the difference, like in this particular arena, if I wash a dish by hand and I have, I know that I have knowingly rubbed the sponge across the whole surface of the thing. And then I look at it and I'm like, looks good because I can't see anything on it at that exact moment. Then I put it away. And if when I get it out later, if I see something on it, I'm like, that's fine. Because I rubbed this with a sponge. I mean, that's, some, that's, some, clean that's some clean food dirt. dirt. <laughs> so, that's where my standard is, right? Because my whole goal is to rub the dish and then move on with my life. So comically. Uh, you don't want the cleanest dish. You just want a vaguely clean dish. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I want it to not have food in it. And the thing is, like, they're, not, they're not disgusting by any stretch. It's just every so often you'll see like. A smudge or something, right? The usual sort of dish.
2: Is crab. it like food smudge or is it like a water stain? No, it's like
0: either a water stain or whatever. It's else. just an ambiguous sm- smudge. When I when, <laughs> I when I when I dry my glasses, for example, I tend to just dry them sitting there, straight up. Which of course you're not supposed to do because the water can't drain out. Yeah, so you then you get smudges, that sort of thing. And you get water marks But I'm like, everywhere. I don't care. I'm just trying. I don't care about watermarks. It's water. Who gives a shit? I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink water out of this. I'm going to eat out of it later. (laughs) It's fine. That's not a problem. (laughs) And so the comical thing, though, is in a relationship, if you have a satisficer, which would be myself when it comes to dishes, coming at it versus someone who's a maximizer, now you got to negotiate about. Well, the, the problem to what is the, degree, the satisficer- <laughs> Do these dishes need to be done? The
1: satisficer can never rise to the standards of the maximizer.
0: Right? I, I I can't relate because basically what it is is, you know, if I'm looking at a dish and I'm like this is good enough, the truly, truly to me on a deep level, I'm like, this is fine. And I've gotten what I need out of this washing experience. Yeah,
1: And if somebody were to, were to say that you need to spend more time washing that dish, now it feels like they're just telling you to waste your time for no yeah, reason. Because right? I'm like, I don't understand. I did it.
0: I checked the dish boxes. Mm-hmm. The box has been checked. The dish is basically clean. <laughs> <laughs> this dish has been touched by a sponge. I don't see right. What the problem is. But so I think it's one of those things in in a relationship. If you have if that's the combo, then you got to figure out you know what the sort of dimensions are. So now the rules are: if I do dishes, I put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> That way, you have a third party. It's actually that's taking care of the problem, hundred percent. Because if the if the dishwasher doesn't clean things, which it frequently does not, well by Because the way.
1: because the dishwasher is a satisficer. It the is, dishwasher like, I says, "I sprayed these things. Did I super hot? Did I spray dishes? Yep. Did all I right. get all the nooks and crannies? <laughs> Whatever. The dishwasher isn't gonna
0: evaluate the effectiveness no. of its spraying. And then when it comes out, the weird thing is when it comes out of the dishwasher and it's kind of dirty, the response is. Well, it's okay. I mean, dishwasher did what it could. (laughs) I'm like, where's the mercy for me? Because you could
2: try harder, Sam.
0: So could that goddamn dishwasher.
2: (laughs) We have the same problem at home, and we solved it, whereas Jonathan cleans all of the stemware. So anytime I want a glass of Mm. wine, if he pours it, it's like an extra 10 minutes because he has to check all the glasses for water spots. And if there's water spots, then he has to steam some water and then he has to get a special microfiber cloth and then he has to polish (laughs) the glass before I can have a glass of wine. And you're like, where's my drink? (laughs) And all I want is a drink. That's so now amazing. he just takes care of the stemware and then I just wait 10 minutes for glasses yeah. Well, of you get
0: part of the thing is you, you know, you figure out where everybody's maximizing or satisfying mm-hmm. behaviors lie. And then when they crop up in unexpected <laughs> places, I think it's also where you <laughs> occasionally have like an eruption of an argument happen because you're like, this wasn't supposed to be difficult. You know? I,
1: well, I mean, I, I do believe that actually this is, this is probably the source of at least like half of Got relationship fights yeah. is Agreed. somebody has a certain standard. And the other person is using the good enough principle. All right, let me talk about,
0: let's talk about my grocery shopping method because this is also a good one between yeah. me and my wife because I walk in, I'm like, I need green beans. I just walk over to the, <laughs> the pile of there green beans. There are green beans. I just grab them with a handful, shove it in a bag, and move on, okay? So I, I can do in and out of the groceries for like 15 minutes, all the groceries. Oh, no. My my wife is like a lioness hunting, and so she goes in there, and she's like, she will comb through the beans and pick the best one individually <laughs> over the course of three days. <laughs> so, so the, but the first time we went to the grocery does store have, together,
1: does she have one of those little jeweler sort of like little one eye
2: This
0: thing was the first time we went to the grocery store together. I was so confused, and I was like, and it was very endearing at the time, right? Because you're still like this early, early point of dating, we're like cooking, <laughs> cooking a meal together, and I was like, wow, she really cares about getting green beans.
1: Like that's cute. She takes forty eight hours. But you know what? Yeah. yeah,
0: by the thirtieth time you go to the grocery store, not so cute anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> Get the damn beans and let's go. So it's been, uh, you know, you got to find those points and then figure out how to handle it. So now I'm just like, I'll go get, you just give me, tell me the things to go get. And I will just go get those and I'll get all the rest of the groceries by the time you finish the produce. Because that's just how this is going to work. Yeah,
1: or, or you just, you go get groceries individually, right? So either she would go or you
0: would go, but
1: you can't go together Mm -hmm. because now you're going to have, right. you're going to be some friction.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we've taken the go alone approach
1: yeah sometimes you can't make it work hey, whatever well, but but this is also why i've 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 never understood why people enjoy shopping, and I've also never quite got why they don't get that I don't enjoy shopping mm. <laughs> right And it's because because as a as a person with strong satisficing tendencies, I have a thing that I need that that's supposed to serve a purpose and literally the moment I see that thing, I'm, 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 my visit to the mall is done, right? And so I don't care about spending an extra hour to find a bargain or finding a better version of that thing. I got what I needed and I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've never been able to enjoy shopping. But now I well, know actually, why. It, makes,
0: it makes me tired. Like I get tired from my, if, I, if I go in to look at a bunch of different options. Like shoe shopping is an easy example because I do this like maybe once a year to go get yeah. a pair of shoes. And look at all the all the various things, the various uh, you know changes and slight changes in the in the style or the shoe wear or whatever else at some point, I'm just like, I need a sneaker that I don't have to tie. Those are now my requirements. <laughs> and then I just get it. And that cuts it. down the number of things you have to look at yeah, exactly. quite a lot. So use these filters.
1: Yeah, this is a, I don't know. It's a really interesting way of kind of dividing the world. And I think it explains a lot mm-hmm. in terms of people not understanding. But I think, I think having names for these things really helps to know why they're happening.
0: Right, because yeah. you can just say, oh, you're maximizing and I just don't care. Right.
2: So just pick something. So so, go. so now <laughs> this is
0: your problem. Yeah, you just you're the one who cares. You got to do it. I'll just. I think that's I it's a good rule. It's it's
1: like the more people here than their rule. Right. If you got like five people in one place, another group has two people, and they're like, where should we go? And you go, you come here because there are more people. There are more here. people here, and you know, moving two people is easier than moving five mm-hmm. people. Right. Similar. If somebody is a maximizer and somebody's a satisficer, then if if the maximizer has the high standards, that's now their problem. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like if they want the dish Or their to be...
0: opportunity Seth, depending on how you look at right. it. Right. But yeah. if
1: they want that perfect deal, if they want that dish cleaned perfectly, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, they shouldn't be dragging somebody else who doesn't care <laughs> along for this ridiculous ride. Right.
2: Well, they probably have really good jeans, though.
1: They probably do look really good, but and you know stuff what? Very clean. Yes. They don't have the best jeans yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe someday they'll get that perfect pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I got jeans. All right, Uh, let's get get on to some questions. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get your question on a future podcast, hop on over there and slap it in the text box. Mm -hmm. All right, first question comes from Minus5Charisma. Hi, guys. There's more to it, though. Uh, So now that the store is open, how does it feel to be fashion models? Mm. Mm. How does it feel?
2: I don't know. uh... It feels
1: a little bit more sort of... Luxurious, mm-hmm. I think.
2: No one's recognized me in the grocery store yet. So,
1: yeah, we haven't hit that level.
2: Yeah. Really, like I'm just like a normal person.
1: Well, you probably got to wear the, the Crashlands shirt into mm, the grocery so they store.
2: Know, and my sunglasses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that thing where you you know somebody and then you see them in a different context and you totally don't recognize <laughs> them. Whatsoever. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Happens often. Yeah, like you
1: people. always wear a blue
0: shirt, and I didn't know that you looked. Like that, we
1: reached her
2: not.
0: Well, the funny part about it though is because Tifo arranged the photo shoot stuff, and then we all went around taking pictures, and it was very amusing because, of course, everyone has a different take on photos, and Seth's actually satisfied so when it comes to photography. Has as a well. photo been taken? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Time Am to move I- on <laughs> with my day. So, well, we had to have a chat about it because it was like you got to approach this and just enjoy the experience of being photographed as opposed to trying to check off the box of getting a photo. Because because if you do that versus the other one, you're you're just going to have a bad time the whole time. And we need you to look like a beautiful, happy model Mm -hmm. while you're wearing this T-shirt. Which I think helped a bunch in terms of your approach that day. Tifa
2: was a very good art director, making sure everyone was happy and smiling, Mm -hmm. looking good, riding tree horses.
1: She kept kept throwing Cadbury chocolates at my face, which Uh, which actually that was kind of the... That's how you got That there. was how I got, that's how I made
0: it through. <laughs> well, that was actually really funny because there's a picture that I was, uh, I was hanging from a tree outside and Tifa took it and turned it on its side and so it looks like, and no one's actually, meant. no one mentioned it at all, but it <laughs> looks like I'm riding a tree. A tree horse, a tree horse, <laughs> and then uh, in our in our studio feed, Tifa had done up a bunch of the photos with basically like little cartoon extras on them. <laughs> and one of them made its way to the Discord last week, uh, which people have been enjoying quite a bit. But um, but she actually <laughs> drew a full horse on that thing, and like me with this this mane of like a like, <laughs> like a knight, <laughs> like a like a he man. Like <laughs> yeah, So a sword. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all sorts of goofy stuff in there, but um, but yeah, I think it's it's been interesting. Uh, Seeing that, so like all of our people are photogenic as it turns out, or Tifa's just really good at Photoshop. <laughs> one of the two. I'm
2: gonna go with
0: B. Probably B. <laughs> and at that one point, she took Adam's face because Adam tends to not smile literally ever in photos. <laughs> and she was working on the team photograph, and and like rebuilt Adam's face in Photoshop and like curved up his mouth and made his eyes kind of big <laughs> to make him look like he was smiling. But it was one of the creepiest things I think any of us have it's ever like a seen.
2: Villain. Yeah. It's like somebody. a super villain.
0: So
1: we had to it was, that down. I think, yeah, I think part of it was the eye, the <laughs> eye bulge yeah, combined was, with, the, with the corner smile. It yeah. was too much.
2: It was also, like a serial killer. Speaking of
0: Adam, also in the news is Adam is getting his probably right today. Probably right now. Yeah. Probably As right, we speak. right now. His stomach is being wrapped around his esophagus. Yeah. So weird.
1: Of course, we wish him well. He'll be fine.
0: Yep. He's in very good hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: uh, namely our, our dad actually is yeah. overseeing overseas <laughs> surgery. <laughs> he's
2: in great hands yeah. <laughs> so
1: that's pretty good um all right next question comes from dark silver hawk mm. i don't know what color dark silver is is that it's
2: like a pewter
1: pewter pewter hawk like that doesn't a, sound like or as cool. like a
2: gunmetal gray
0: mm, gunmetal gun me- hawk gunmetal hawk Dang. <laughs> That is—it's almost three random words, but not quite. You know, yeah. gunmetal hawk. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: good
2: password. So, gunmetal yeah. hawk says,
1: "Can I get a favorite recipe from the B Scotch team?"
2: Ooh. So, we
1: already talked about mine.
0: What's your recipe?
1: Um, Jeans, a, a meat, meat, a meat piece, oh, meat piece, brought to a certain level of warmth.
0: <laughs> so, those are mine. They sell rotisserie chickens at the grocery store, like a block away from the studio, and has so been just buying a whole chicken and eating it. In one,
2: in one. I'm actually kind of jealous of that because I wish I could just eat bland chicken.
0: It's it's actually, it's herb chicken. Mm. I think there's an herb That's on got, it. I think it's got subtle notes. I've of, tasted
2: it and I'm like, it's just chicken. It's just chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: certainly is. <laughs> Satisfies the meat piece requirement.
2: Right, exactly. He gets to just eat the meat and I'm like, I need something more.
0: Um, I've been, so I have, I have three recipes. One's uh, this turkey burger. And they're basically, like most of them are kind of they're shades of the same thing. So the turkey burger, you take like three pounds of turkey. And so everything I do is in bulk because I don't want to cook multiple times a week. I don't got time for that. So Sundays. And take- you don't want to have to wash. You don't have to <laughs> wash the dishes no, after absolutely cooking. Not. So you take these hamburgers, <laughs> whole new can of put worms, them into right? a Tupperware. And then when I get here, I just eat them out of my Tupperware. So I'm going to have to wash your dishes, you know. Um, but yeah, so, so you take three pounds of turkey and then you take a I, th- I believe the the term is a, a fuck ton of, uh-huh. of turmeric and yeah. mm. uh, curry powder. And it's good uh, that they
1: sell it. They sell turmeric by the
0: fuck ton. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's an empirical measurement. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah so you take, you take uh, the turmeric and the chili powder and then kind of whatever else you want. So salt, pepper, the usual. Throw it all in there and you mix up the meat. And then uh, while this is happening, while you're like getting your hands disgusting by squishing this turkey meat. Then you take onions and garlic and you throw them in a pan. And this is very important because you just you just cut them up and you throw them in the pan and you just leave them there. Do you to, do, do you what's put called uh, heat on it or you just yes. put them in the pan? Well, so okay. you do what's called what's called sweating. uh uh-huh. knows know this was a thing. Apparently you could sweat onions and garlic. And so basically what you do is you cook them on really you basically just cook it on really low heat for a while. So I did it for like fifteen minutes or so while I'm getting everything else ready. And then what they do is they just taste delicious and they just all of their juices come out. And then you take all that and you throw it in the turkey meat mix it all in and then ball it up and then cook uh, sear. The sear the burgers first for like a minute. So they're just uh, basically like a little bit of char on each side and then throw them in the oven at like 400 degrees for 20 minutes. And then you have a bunch of delicious burgers.
1: Man, That's some, that's some Gordon Ramsay level. <laughs> yeah, man,
0: they're really good. burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend them. And they are, they get depending on how much spice you put in them. You can make them really, really intense or just don't, you know, or, or not intense. But they're great with both ketchup and hummus, which is, I think, an excellent uh, difference. That's testament. a testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a testament to those Turk burgers. Yeah. What you got, Mo?
2: Uh, my favorite recipe is probably this dip that came out of the Williams and Sonoma Entertaining Cookbook.
0: Hey, okay.
2: It's a crab dip, so it's not Seth-friendly because there's a ton of dairy in it. It's like mm. cream oh. cheese and cheddar, Damn it. Worcester. Uh, what else is in there?
1: Is it only dairy? <laughs> yeah,
2: it's pretty much just, yeah, it's is a there lot crab? of crab. There is crab. There's lump crab meat. Okay, guys. So it's, it's super tasty. Mm-hmm. Lump Wait, crab. Is meat. Is that
0: a kind of crab? Lump it's like crab? A super fat crab. Lump, yeah. Yeah. lump It's crab.
2: like a fat little crab you get, it and looks it's like, like a, lumpy. Yeah, it's
0: just a hugely lumpy mm. thing. Yeah. You just like, you suck out the lumps, and the lumps is And what you can put the is. crab
2: back, actually, which is nice. The crab yeah. gets to live. It's a
0: catch and release lump sucking mm. program for the crabs.
2: Yeah, it's big on the East Coast. Yeah.
0: Cool. That's weird, <laughs> but I like it. So, you
2: take the lump crab and all of your cheeses and spices and put it in a lovely baking dish because also presentation is key with dips.
0: It is key. It is key. You don't want to just hand someone like a shitty Tupperware with water stains on it. You know yeah. what I mean? No one's
2: going to want that. <laughs> no one's
0: going to want it's that. It's got to be a
2: pristine, uh-huh. beautiful ceramic casserole dish mm-hmm. that you put the lump crab and the cheese and a little bit more cheese and all. A whole bunch. Oh, excuse me. A fuck ton of old there bay. There you go. Yeah. You need the old bay. The Wait, old bay. Old bay. What's that? Oh, that's is right. That a spice? You don't know.
0: <laughs> Wait. Do you know what lories is? Do you have? Yeah. A, okay. You know what that is. Yes. What's old bay?
2: Old bay is. also
0: oh, will you spell. It. Is it b a e or is it? B-A-E? I wish. It <laughs> B-A-E. O-O-L apostrophe. Old bay. B-A-E. Old bay. <laughs> <A-bay>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> old bay is huge in Maryland because oh. they love crabs. Because what's Maryland known for? Crab cakes and football. Yeah. So Old Bay is huge, but you put that in the dip because you need Old Bay seasoning on seafood. It's delicious.
0: What's the what's like the combo?
2: Uh, it's like Laurie's, but not as salty. So okay. Old Bay is like more powdery, mm-hmm. and you put that in it so it blends well, whereas Laurie's has like more salt yeah. in it. And you put it in the oven, and then you take it out, you put a little bit more cheese on top, put it back in the oven. Mm,
0: take it out again, put more cheese on it, put it back in, take <laughs> it out, cheese <laughs> with it, put it back in, take it out. <laughs> She's like cheese under Briegel, it. Just a little dried it.
2: parsley on top, you know, for color. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit more Old Bay. And then you present it with either toast points.
0: What's a toast point? A toast
2: point is a baguette that you slice on a diagonal. Okay. And then toast for like, you know, maybe five Do minutes. you
0: slice it on a diagonal just like once? So it's just like a, just just a, really just a half huge a baguette. <laughs>
2: No little mini guys. Depending
0: oh. on how
1: extreme your diagonal is. <laughs> yeah, you end up with sort of like a baguette blade.
2: Yes, more <laughs> so like little finished. little little toast points. And okay. then you arrange them around your beautiful casserole mm. dish. Then you present it to your guest. You
1: know Dude. what you can do for garnish? You take that lump crab, <laughs> put that lump crab in the middle of it, mm. just kind of sitting in the dip. Mm. kind of flailing around. And that way if to, people
0: know that you it's... You take your diagonal baguette slice and you, gotta, and you
1: have to fight. You got to fight that crab to get your, to get <laughs> the dip. It makes it way more satisfying because you really have to earn that dip. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Wait, have you ever cooked blue crabs before? No. no. So you actually do get them live and you do fight them sometimes because they'll come out of the sink or the bag they take them out of or they'll like fight like, to, no! get, <laughs> well, to get out of the pot of boiling water. They will try to come out. So yes, you do fight the crabs no, occasionally.
1: Horrifying. That's... Is there a reason, like, what happens if you kill it first and then boil it? The problem is they don't
0: don't have a centralized nervous system. It's like lobsters, like, their nervous system is actually distributed throughout their body. It's the question of, like, how do you kill it? Oh, I
1: forgot they're aliens. Yeah, they're basically fucking aliens. They're spider aliens. (laughs) It's not like a
0: goat where you can be like, I'm going to shoot it in the face and it (laughs) will kill it. That's what you do. That's that's how you prepare a goat. That's basically how you do it. Yeah. Uh, Versus with one of those things, it's like, what do you, it's like kind of. Just like the same inside <laughs> everywhere, really weird. That is weird. Yes. Kind of upsetting. I mean, I think they do. <laughs> they do have like. A, Why do we eat these? They do things. have more they're of a tasty, brain thing, but, but like their whole their 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 nervous system is much more distributed. Isn't
1: that true of oct- octopi as well? They have a distributed nervous system. Because yeah,
0: in their each, of their, each of their tentacles has some.
2: Never killed and eaten one. Just ordered them already cooked.
0: They're apparently like illegal to kill in some places because they rec- they're recognized as a more sentient species. Like They're dolphins. extremely intelligent. Mm. They're extremely intelligent, but ex- also extremely antisocial. They're like very smart, but they will murder each other based on, on sight, which is fantastic. Yeah. And <laughs> because as soon as they stop doing that, we're doomed. Because, I mean, what are you going to do with right? I
1: remember seeing uh, a video clip where it t- somebody to show how smart octopus is, they took uh, like, a, like a jar, like a peanut butter jar, and has this little octopus put it in the jar <laughs> and then screwed the lid on. And the octopus watched them <laughs> and then it stuck its suckers on the bottom of the lid
0: Unscrew- and unscrewed the lid <laughs> and then got back out again. They're apparently really, really hard to have as pets because yeah, they, they escape all time. They actually
1: leave their tanks. Yeah. They just, they get out and then they kind of sucker their way across the floor trying to find stuff. somewhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> just, just
0: but just then they'll out. get back in the tank before you get home.
1: Yeah. You no, know. Yeah. If you want to hear a crazy, have we talked about, I feel like we've talked about octopi talked about before. About but yeah, there's a crazy octopus story where- there was a research lab and they had, a, they had an octopus tank and then they had a fish tank on the other side of the lab. And the fish kept disappearing.
0: But the octopus was always in its tank. So you're like, what is happening?
1: Yeah, so like, like is somebody stealing the fish or what? So they put a security camera in there and the octopus was unlatching its tank, opening up the top, climbing out, sl- slurping across <laughs> the floor, getting in the fish tank, eating the fish, going back, closing the fish tank, latching it, going back to its tank, Close its own tank and then latch its own tank. And then it was just like what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that, but it's, it's crazy.
2: This is what crazy. I do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's just getting snacks. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Rampandapus, who says, Have you ever learned something important about yourself while playing a video game? Care to share an example? Hmm. Mm. So we
0: can't just say yes and then move on. We have right. To- so so here's one for me. Was that it was more about how I think you can you can see people from playing video games with them, um, and also the sort of person that I tend to be in that scenario. So the example is uh, I played a game called Super Mario for the Wii, which I still think is one of the best co-op Super Mario games that's ever existed, if not one of the best co-op games, period. It reveals It things. reveals many things because all you do is you accidentally kill each other all the time. and
1: Well, and it's, it's, just, it's just a regular Mario game. Right. Except that you can collide
0: with your friends. Correct. So you can't like run through each other. So if, for example, if Monique and I are playing and we both try to jump over a gap at the same time and Monique's slightly lower than I am because she held the button slightly less long and if I land on her head, then I will fire her down into the gap and she will die. At which point <laughs> I will go sailing off into uh, happiness, and so you can use your teammate's tragedy as a, to springboard, your st- for st- as a
1: springboard for success. St- <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it sounds about normal. Yeah, it's about normal. But the thing is, it's it's always accidental, right? Because your your whole goal is to, as a unit, get to the end of the levels. And there's just a lot of accidental murder along the way. Which can not you pick each other up and throw each other? You can each pick other each other and up? throw each other. So that's, so that's, like, that's more deliberate murder. Yeah, that can be, um, or very helpful depending on the yeah. scenario. So the interesting thing about it was, I think. Uh, I had this friend of mine who who I've been hanging out with for, I think, probably like six months or so. And I liked the guy guy just fine, but I had him over one day. I was like, oh, come play this game with me. It's super fun. And uh, he got so angry. Like, it was was so clearly accidental murder just across the board. And he got so angry with me um, for accidentally killing him many, many times that I think I just, I couldn't quite. It sort of, like, broke the relationship for me because I was like... (laughs) Well, I was just like, how are you getting mad? It's right, just a
2: game. Right
0: now. And not only is it just a game, but like. You know it's on accident. It's on accident. <laughs> I don't understand what there is to be mad about. And so that was a big one for me. was actually that you can. you can. It
1: turns out you can only have fun with this person under very particular circumstances.
0: Right. In which they, nothing potentially bad could happen to them on accident. Like, right. god forbid you do something on accident to make the match right
1: what do, I think it reveals on the question of like yeah if, if something non-game related had happened where you had accidentally yeah. done something right. what would the reaction
0: be right probably not great like you did yeah. that on purpose blah blah, blah, blah right so that, that was been an interesting one for me um and then you know as far as how we when we bring people into the studio I mean mo played gang beasts with us
2: <laughs> that was hilarious
0: which was hilarious right and that's actually a similar game where like you just it's mainly just a lot of button mashing, and then hilarious stuff ensues. We're actually trying to murder each other, though, in that particular case. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just a super goofy physics game. And the reason we sat down with our any applicant to, to play a game is to see, like, are they nice
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> when you're accidentally fighting each other or yep. making mistakes? Throw them or... in front of a bus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: What? What's this person's reaction when I throw them in front of a bus?
0: Are they <laughs> cool curious. with it or... yeah. is it going
1: to be all right? It's one of those things you can't really do, you know, in the real world. Yeah. You got to simulate yeah. it. Yeah. So. What about you, Seth? Did you learn anything about yourself? I've learned all kinds of things about myself. One, one is that I hate rules.
0: Um, <laughs> It's weird that you play games then, because it's just what it is.
1: Well, it, I, I hate uh, uh, rules imposed by sort of like was like a social structure, if that makes mm. sense.
2: Because
1: I used to, I played MMOs and stuff, and I never really enjoyed being involved in somebody else's organization because I was always like, "Why are we doing things like this?" And they'd mm. be like, "Shut up!" And, then, <laughs> and that was kind of it. Like this, was happened to me. And this <laughs> what happened to me in school and stuff as well. But it became really apparent in playing online games because you could just bounce around from group to group. And I just was perpetually dissatisfied with how people were running things. And eventually I just started running my own groups, um, which then I learned that I kind of had a knack for like putting together kind of organizational structures and those kinds of things. So I learned that when I was like 17 mm-hmm. or 18, Uh, which then is a very disappointing thing to know about yourself at that age because you're still 18 and nobody outside of a video game context gives a
0: shit. (laughs) No one will let you do anything. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, okay, so I'm as an 18 year old, I can, I can run an organization of 500 people and coordinate that and inspire them to do things for no pay at Mm -hmm. all. Like I'm just like, let's just go have fun and, you know, put together events and stuff. And I maintain that organization for six months. Um, and it was constantly growing i put together like recruitment videos and all mm. kinds of crazy stuff and outside yeah. of this game uh i i couldn't even get a job at like a starbucks <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like not even like running a starbucks but right. like Can you, pouring a cop, cup of coffee is it possible on a resume to put like i ran a 500 person wow guild like is that even a you know i mean i if somebody Depending put that employer, i'd be like yeah i mean i feel like that's kind of a big thing That's interesting yeah. you know so uh yeah and
1: that that was kind of there's this this problematic dichotomy that then appeared where i'm just this like the ordinary college student doing okay and nobody will give any responsibility and nobody cares about what i have to say and then i go into this video game world and i can do basically whatever i want right Right. so that's Mm -hmm. kind of a that was weird interesting yeah
0: but you You know yeah
2: yeah so i just played well with seth like two weeks three weeks ago Mm -hmm. the time warp it could have been yesterday for all i know (laughs) and Every time I've tried to play a game at home by myself, I just can't do it. Mm. Either Jonathan has to be around to play with me or I have to play with someone in the studio. And I've just learned that when it comes to gaming, I need to be in a social group setting. I don't Mm. know why I can't play games alone. It just won't happen. Like I'll sit down and I'll start it and I'm like, hmm, seems lonely and then <laughs> and then like I, pass. yeah I'm like pass I'm like I, I feel like I just like miss people more when I'm playing hmm. games I don't know why I miss everyone I'm just like I just want someone to talk you're to. very
1: uh you're very extroverted in yeah. your you know I, th- I, I think well I think I think being alone and playing a game is it it is very it's like reading a book or like it's like a very solitary introverted kind of private behavior to yeah. do right but you're also you're you're a partier you know, you like to go to concerts and <laughs> yes. you, you know you do all this right. stuff and and you become energized by being around people. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, you know that 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 sort of tendency would also carry over into your gaming, right? So like
2: when we would like have the rage hours and mm-hmm. play games, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I probably would enjoy like a gaming party because I'm like, oh, this is fun. That's yeah. all game right. together and you know party. be same a time. social experience. Yes. Yeah, it needs to be a social thing for me. By myself, right. I just. Would, would rather like take a nap or something since I'm going to be by myself. I should just sleep. Right. Yeah. Cause it also means I'm by myself and that means baby scotch is not around. So I should definitely be sleeping. Right. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah, take you, advantage. yeah. You have right. a different set of priorities. <laughs> <Right. anyway. laughs> right. So, all right. So I think we have time for one more question. Uh, 77 says, why did you decide to become jacked <laughs> instead of, <laughs> instead of fast, or flexible, or a rock climber, or a juggler. I mean, who mm. says we're
2: not all of those things already?
1: You know me. I think <laughs> so. Here's the thing Olympic gymnasts are pretty jacked. Yeah. They're
2: extremely they're jacked.
1: They're also very flexible, and they could probably climb rocks,
0: and they're quite fast. And they're pretty they're quick. Fast. Yeah.
2: I'm pretty quick. I can do some decent sprints. This is
0: actually interesting because I uh, just this, just on Friday, I was like, why am I going to the gym? Because I sort of ran out of things to do. At this point, as far as, like, my, my goals have been met a few times. Like, I've done the same thing a few times, which is, like, put on some muscles or, like, bench press this or just do that, whatever. Whatever the the bar is. Yeah, because the
1: fun is in the journey getting to that. Then once you're there, you're like,
2: oh, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. So, and, like, <laughs> maintenance as an activity has just always been the least interesting you gotta thing. You got to work towards something. So, actually, on Friday, I decided, speaking of this question, that I was going to just do uh, basically some flexibility stuff. Oh, okay. Because I've actually, I can't touch my toes. Really? I've never actually had an injury from anything, but uh, I'm extremely not flexible, like mm. to a ridiculous degree. And I was like, I feel like maybe just a, it would be a good thing to do, and just maybe make my body feel good. So you I've been yoga, tre- yoga. No, i been. I found like a 15 minute stretch routine, I just do it every morning. That's Is it. it
2: working? Yeah, it's only
0: been like three days. I feel good. So yeah, I guess. But it's a nice thing because like my whole goal is to be able to just touch my toes. That's the first one, <laughs> and then beyond that is going to be then you can
1: then you can touch other people's toes. You can touch, <laughs> yeah, elephants' toes. Anything, really, any kind of toe. All of the toes. But I was thinking, I was like,
0: how how fun would it be to be like I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to do the splits. Like I know very few people who could do the splits. You know what I mean. Yeah.
2: But didn't you cheer?
0: Yeah, but I threw people. It wasn't like I wasn't doing gymnastics. I was hurling bodies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah.
1: What'll happen in, with uh college cheerleading is guys will sign up and they're like, well, what can you do? And they're like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And then they go, well, we got all these girls you can throw.
0: And then, so that's, <laughs> that's your job, that's your job now. Now. You yeah. throw
1: people right. around. So no splits, no backflips.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sort of, I, so I recently changed my goal here, but the reason to get strong instead of say fast or whatever else, I think it was just like a random, it's just a random thing. And I have done fastness before. I've gotten fast. Yep. I did that once. I was a swimmer, mm-hmm. so I I did swimming good for mm-hmm. a while.
1: Uh, but I think it's also the case that for me, lifting is a thing that I can do solo, right. and it's there's a lot of variety in it, right? So I could I could go run, but when you run, it's it's one thing. Right. You go, you run, you do that for like thirty minutes, and then you go home, and you mm-hmm. just did one thing, right? With lifting, you know you can switch it up day by day. You hit different things. You can track different numbers and try different approaches and stuff. And there's just a lot of variety in what you're doing day by day. Um, I so think I, if, if you're yeah. the
0: sort of person who really wants a, like a, to feel a lot of growth, I think lifting's a good thing because there's actually just cause there's so many buckets. There's so right? many numbers to measure. Right. It's like one day you're like, oh man, I didn't do so well on this on these exercises today, but for some reason, but my calves are just my calves on here. fire. <laughs> And so it's it's sort of like playing a, a really diverse video game it has a bunch of different systems in it, right? Because yeah. you're always sort of making a bit of progress. With
1: lifting, you've got like fifty different achievements right. that you can. Versus work if toward. you're running, you're like, that I wasn't faster. Did I run faster? Yeah. No. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah,
2: lifting I like to combine lifting and being fast. So like Friday I went to spin and then every mm-hmm. time I'm in spin, I try to just be able to uh make it more like harder to like turn up the uh, the gears. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So your legs get stronger, but then you also get faster because you're pretty much sprinting uphill. All the and time. then afterwards I was like, well, I want to do some squats, but I want to challenge myself. So I did the BOSU ball, like the half one. So You do squats on half of a BOSU ball. So you're balancing yourself. Oh God. And you're squatting your body weight and it's kind of nice. That's so right. Strong and fast and flexible. And flexible yeah. yeah.
1: And you have balance
2: and you have balance, which is important. Dang, for your oh, core. that's good. Yeah. Kicking it up.
1: Yeah, you ever the- see those Kung Fu movies where there's like that one challenger who just can't be knocked over? Can't be moved. They like, they do that crazy stance. It's and an like, iron no matter, horse. Yeah. I it is. No yeah. matter what, like they just, they just can't be, they just don't budge. <laughs> That's Is that, you're working toward? Yeah, like, I'm just going just towards that. like a, being like a tank.
2: Plus lifting just, you know, it makes you feel better. Like you just yeah. throw things, just push things. The whole
0: thing is like, if you can carry all your groceries in... Into the house with one arm, with one arm, and you got your key in the other hand. Yep, that's that's why, <laughs> that's
1: why I lift. That's the only reason why you gotta you gotta be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. So, we'd like to thank Monique for putting this episode yeah. together. You're welcome. And being, on, and being on the episode this time around, uh, <laughs> and our producer Fat Bard for making us sound good, as well as the b Scotch Dev team, Andy Tifa and Cher, for continuing to build stuff while we're in here doing the podcast. Special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the scotch community, you can hop into our Discord, which is at bit.ly slash discord Come say hi. We're in there. We're lurking, doing stuff. I think we had, we were at like 180 people there over the weekend.
0: Quite a few, yeah. Everyone's
1: hanging it's out. It's getting crazy. We got, we got a bunch of different channels now. We got like a game dev channel. Mm-hmm. We got a channel for National Novel Writing Month, which I think most of the studio is is mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now a bunch of our discord people are doing it as well, which is fantastic. So it's really just like a good, it's just a good bunch of folks mm-hmm. who are all just really excited about stuff.
2: Yeah. Come Let's, hang out with us. Yeah.
1: So Join the party. hop in there. That's bit.ly slash BS discord. We also have a mailbox. So if you'd like to send us candy or a perfume scented letter, mm-hmm. you know, whatever's whatever's sort of
2: or your thing. Or cologne scented letter. Cologne. That'd be Some nice too.
0: smell scent. Just, well. <laughs> Not musky.
2: Yeah, not
0: that. <laughs> Depends on the musk. I don't know. You know as long
1: as it's, it could be a good musk. Mm. Send us an Elon Musk. <laughs> take some, uh, take a, some of, take that. One of that. <laughs> uh, that's over at mailbox.bscotch.net. Also, we depend on word of mouth and good reviews to get new listeners. So uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, help us out by going to bit.ly slash Apple and give us a five-star review. It'll help us uh, spread the word, and we'd appreciate it a lot. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.